Portland is full of animal lovers, and many of them are upset. The Multnomah County Animal Shelter is about to undergo a five-month review following numerous complaints about the shelter's conditions. They come from staff, volunteers, and auditors. I'm Elena Neal-Sachs, and this is Beat Check with The Oregonian. Today on the show, The Oregonian's deputy politics editor, Jamie Goldberg. She's been following the shelter story and is here to explain what exactly went wrong and what the county plans to do to fix the problem. Jamie, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So before we dive into the details, can you just kind of give a broad overview of what's been going on at the Multnomah County Animal Shelter? Like, why is it under review? And when was that decision made? Yeah. So in January, um, the county paused intakes at the shelter for a week, uh, which was an unprecedented decision to not allow any animals to come in during that week. Um, They said they were doing it because of overcrowding and staffing shortages and and said it would give them time to open back up for in-person adoptions for the first time since the start of the pandemic, something that other shelters had already done long before. Uh, So I think that started putting the focus on the shelter. Um, And as I was reporting out that story, I started hearing from volunteers Um, and former staff members who said that the issues at the shelter ran much deeper um, than these recent staffing shortages and overcrowding. And and there had been problems with animal neglect, mismanagement, um, staffing shortages for years. And so that sort of launched me on this assignment to dig a lot deeper into the past audits, talking to past staff members, talking to past volunteers, looking into who knew about these issues, what management did not only at the shelter, but at the at the division and at the county level with the um, what the board of commissioners knew and what they did. Um, and the problems had been laid out in several audits before. Um, it had to do with care for animals, a lack of enrichment, uh, not meeting standards for cleaning and feeding, cleaning kennels and, and, and feeding animals, um, staffing shortages, issues with documentation around euthanasia and inconsistent decisions there. Um, And so those were sort of the main issues that I I sort of tried to look into with these most recent articles. Yeah. And I mean, those sound like fairly, you know, significant issues. I mean, especially the in terms of euthanasia, like not having, you know, documentation about that, but other stuff as well, in terms of the conditions the animals were kept in. So in your reporting, you found, as you mentioned, that People have been raising alarms about the operations of the shelter for years. So why did it take the county this long to start really looking into the issue? Yeah, it's not entirely clear um, why it's taken this long. Um, they There have certainly been points in time where they have said they are working on things and they, they have taken steps to, to make improvements. Um, after the 2016 audit um, that laid out some of these issues. There was, again, a 2018 audit that that reiterated that many of the corrections hadn't been made. The shelter started looking into developing an enrichment program where they would have doggy play groups and, and do a better job of getting animals out of the, their kennels and, and doing behavioral assessments. Um, and then they sort of abandoned that effort because staff members re- were raising serious concerns about the conditions they were working in. And they went above management's head um, to the division uh, to say that we need intervention now. And and so they started focus on on staffing issues, put the enrichment program on the side, and then 
it, it sort of never got um, picked back up. Um, and at the same time, the county admits that a lot of the issues that the staff members raised also weren't fully addressed. So a lot of people knew about the issues. There were some efforts to make a change. Um, there was a lot of turnover in management, which has probably impacted this, but it's not entirely clear with the commissioners that knew about what was going on, the chair, Deborah Kafori, who knew what was going on, why this wasn't prioritized sooner and why there hasn't been significant systemic changes at, at the shelter. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like all these, you know, issues with staffing and treatment of animals and management, all these things kind of would make sense maybe for an agency that is very underfunded, that just does not have, you know, the means to do the work it's supposed to be doing. But like this year's budget for the shelter is $12.7 million and it was less in the past, but still like a, at least to me, it seems a pretty sizable amount. Where is it all going exactly? Yeah. Um, well, part of it's not being spent. And, and that's what we found in our review. I think last year, the shelter only spent about uh, 71% of the funding allocated to them. Um, a lot of that has to do with their inability to keep staff on. They had 22 staff members leave last year. Um, they've cited issues in terms of hiring with uh, vet shortages and staffing shortages nationwide, which are is an issue that uh, many industries are facing. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the turnover, um, I think that speaks to more significant problems at the shelter beyond just um, staffing shortages nationwide. Yeah. Can you kind of go into that a bit more, at least to the extent of your knowledge based on your reporting, like in terms of, yeah, from the kind of staff turnover um, side of things, why were people dropping like flies, essentially? Yeah. Um, we looked over exit interviews from the last year and um, there was different reasons that staff members um, cited, but but some of the main themes were they they felt overworked, they felt a lack of training and, and felt unsafe in their jobs because of the staffing shortages. Um, and they felt like animals were being neglected. And they had serious concerns about management. Um, we, we bring up in um, the story, the investigation conducted last year into one of the animal care managers, Dean Alexander, regarding uh, how he spoke about women in the office, um, that, that investigation substantiated that he had called a subordinate hot. Um, other staff members in their exit interviews specifically um, brought up concerns related to him. It seems like there's a lot of issues going on there that is not, hasn't made it historically a place, particularly I think after the pandemic, after they closed down to in-person adoptions, these issues hit a sort of a crisis point. Um, but hasn't made it a place where people want to work right now. Well, has this specifically the kind of question of, you know, staff experience, like people who are working there, were these issues that were present in back in 2016 and 2018 when those first two audits happened? Or because you mentioned the pandemic's influence, but obviously th that was way before the pandemic. Um what was the experience like for staffers back then and what recommendations did the auditors make following those audits? Yeah, uh, staffing concerns have um, been longstanding. Um, they, the auditors recommended that 
the shelter conduct a comprehensive staffing study uh, that they said would allow them to not only figure out how many staff they need, but how many staff they need in specific roles. So we need this many people to do the cleaning and feeding to make sure you're meeting minimum standards. Uh, so because it takes X number of hours for people to accomplish that. Um, and, and that study never happened. I think for a long time, staff have raised concerns about feeling overworked and that they don't have enough time to get to all the kennels or provide the care that they want to be able to provide to the animals. Another thing that auditors have raised several times is a lack of training. One of the former part-time workers and volunteers I spoke with said he received just five minutes of training on how to administer a vaccine to, to animals over the weekend during intake. And he ended up, wow. um, because you know, you're dealing with dogs that are moving around, cats that are moving around a lot. He ended up poking himself twice while administering oh a vaccine um, because he was not trained. Um, there has been incidences, there was one last summer of um, someone being attacked by an animal. Um, and, and staff members have pointed to concerns about a lack of training on um, how they are supposed to approach certain situations. So this is not a new problem. Um, I, I brought it up earlier, but in 2018, staff members went above the head of Jackie Rose, um, who was the shelter manager at the time, um, to go to the county and say, there are real issues here and you need to, that has to be your priority to address. And they ended up having a work group that came out of that um, but many issues for staff members remained even after that. It sounds like there's various levels kind of of culpability or, you know, at least responsibility in this. Um, there's obviously the the managers of the shelter, but then, you know, when it's brought to the county multiple times over the last several years and nothing really gets done in that time, like that's also, you know, another level there what is your perspective on in terms of accountability like yeah whose responsibility basically is it at this point to make things better and actually follow through on uh those recommendations yeah i, I mean i i think there are as you said levels of accountability there's a shelter management and and there's uh the division management and then there's um, the the board of commissioners ultimately the chair's office oversees the various divisions within the county. So, so Deborah Kafori, ultimately, she was the one overseeing this division as chair. Um, she said in speaking with me, you know, the buck stops here. Um, but also, I have to trust the managers that I hire to, to be able to put recommendations in place when I'm telling them to make changes. So I, I feel like there are many people along the way that said, we're going to make these changes. We're going to do these things. And it just, the follow through didn't happen at this point. And, and I, I think this is to put it in perspective where we are now, the, the management is completely different. The shelters had four different managers since 2018. Um, their newest manager has only been here uh, since last summer and became permanent director, their, their newest director in, I believe, October or September uh, they just hired an operations manager at the shelter who didn't come till November. Um, and then Jessica Vega-Peterson is the new chair. She was just sworn in at the beginning of January. So the leadership at this point is completely different. And, and they, with the five-month review, um, Chair Vega-Peterson is saying that she is taking this seriously, that she wants to see change. And at this point, those are the people 
that are going to be held accountable. Um, they they say they are taking steps that past leadership hasn't, and that's going to be with continued reporting, something we're going to be focused closely on. And can you, I don't know, give some some more information on what exactly this five-month review is supposed to entail? I know there's a couple different steps to it. Yeah. Um, according to what the chair uh, has laid out, the, the review will be in, in three phases. It'll include um, a review of all past recommendations and reports related to the shelter. So looking back at the audits and um, complaints that have come in and reports um, from consultants and the recommendations that have been made to the shelter and whether those have been implemented. So sort of the status evaluation of um, what the shelter should have done and whether they've done it. Uh, then it's going to involve community feedback. Um, there'll be a process where they will reach directly out to groups that work with the shelter, volunteers, um, other rescues, as well as having a feedback form online for members of the community to reach out. And ultimately, that will lead to a work plan um, that will be presented to the Board of Commissioners. It, it, it does feel like it's pushing it down the road even further. Um, but the county says that they will be making changes along the way. They won't be waiting for this uh, report and work plan to come out. As they identify issues, they will be working on them. So it's, I guess we'll wait and see uh, on that. And that's saying that I think, you know, community really wants to see whether those changes are, are being put into effect. Yeah. What, based on everything you've, you know, learned in the course of your reporting on this, what do you think is going to happen? I know that's a predictive question which is not always the the most suited to journalists, but yeah, I mean, what do you think? Do you think this is different than past times when the county has said like, yeah, we are going to take this seriously. We're going to do something about it. Like does this seem different or are you skeptical or maybe a little of both. I, I mean, I think the leadership is different. And so ultimately, they're, they are taking a different approach. They publicly have made this a priority. And, and that is a change from the past. I think there are concerns with some of the, the things we are still seeing the shelter doing. Um, the second article I wrote this week focused on adoptions um, and the, the animals that are being adopted out uh, either um, not not spayed or neutered, not having rabies vaccines, um, or in many cases, pretty sick animals from what I was hearing from adopters. Um, and there was a case of a dog adopted out in January, uh, at the end of January, so this is quite recent, uh, named Petey, who the shelter adopted out first um, while, the, while the dog had kennel cough to um, a homeless individual, um, which they, they have they have made an effort to be equitable in, in terms of their adoption policies. But um, this dog obviously was dealing with some medical problems and was going at, at being adopted out to live on um, without a house, um, which for, for some volunteers that I spoke with raised concerns about that. Ultimately, the dog ended up back in the shelter a few days later after a woman found a man trying to sell the dog for $5 um, in e East Portland. Um, the dog then came back. Documentation shows that staff members noted in, in the dog's file that he appeared to be reacting poorly to other dogs and should be tested to see if he was aggressive towards other dogs. 
Um, despite that note, he was adopted out to a household with a dog and a cat. A few days later, he ultimately got in a fight with the dog, bit off the part of the dog's ear. And so when he came back to the shelter, this dog was euthanized. And I, I think seeing documentation like that is concerning when you look at how the shelter approached that adoption, how they approached the care of this animal, um, the behavioral assessments that didn't happen despite notes in, in his documentation saying that they should. And, and given how recent it is, these are changes you want to start seeing soon, I think. So I, I believe that the leadership is different. I believe that they are publicly showing that they are taking this seriously, that the, the fact that there is a review happening is a step in the right direction. Um, but but I think it's our job as journalists now to, to hold the county accountable to see whether what comes of this. Yeah. Have there been any lawsuits or anything? I would think, that, I don't know, it seems like there's plenty of room for that given uh, some of the stuff that's happened at the shelter. Not, not re- related to this, um, these recent issues, not that I'm aware of. And I guess my last question for you is just kind of zooming out more. And I don't know if you have the answer to this, but why? Like, why did all, given that, you know, it doesn't seem like funding was an issue. It seems like some of the problems happening at the shelter could have been relatively easy fixes. Do you think it's just a case of kind of like indifference among management or what do you kind of just bigger picture? Why do you think these problems persisted for as long as they have? I don't know if there's a entirely clear answer to that. I know that staff members have raised concerns um, to me about indifference from management throughout the years. They've raised concern about specific managers who are there. They have been understaffed chronically. They've never been fully staffed since 2016 that issue is twofold in in their ability to hire people um, and the turnover. Um, And like I noted before, there has been four different directors of animal services since 2018 alone. And and so the lack of consistency there certainly hasn't helped, I think, in um, the shelter trying to implement meaningful change and, and sticking to one roadmap to do that. I, I don't know that I have a perfect answer for why this has happened. It, the, the fact is that it has, it has happened. Um, the, the audits had recommendations and they, those recommendations from our review found that they weren't fully implemented. Um, and had those been implemented, maybe things would be different. It, it's hard to know for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Jamie, thank you for your reporting and for coming on the show to talk about it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, that's a wrap for this week's Beat Check with the Oregonian. If you want to check out Jamie's stories, I dropped the links for you in the episode notes. And as always, if you like our show, let us know by leaving a five-star rating in Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Until next time.